What's up, everybody, and welcome to the podcast Dog Mom Mentality, where we strive to play with dogs and not emotions. I am your virtual bestie, Caroline, and I have my furry friend here, Layla, and we are going to give you a break from your day to talk about all things dogs and emotional well-being. If you have ever been emotionally affected by your dog, then this is the podcast for you. Happy November! I hope this month is off to a great start for each and every one of you. November can definitely be super rewarding, but it can also be a little hectic. Um, It's a month with holiday events, work calendar years wrapping up, gift giving, and seeing family and friends. But I hope you are able to find some time and and set aside some time that you need and, and what you desire and want for. And that you can have that alone time that you're craving or that you are able to find the confidence to set boundaries with people. And remember that you can't take care of yourself or you can't take care of others without taking care of yourself first. But since the holiday season is coming up, I want to know all about your favorite gifts to give and receive. This year, I think I may ask for some type of self-care subscription box from my mom And there is this habit journal that I've been eyeing. So I'm really looking forward to kind of researching some of those subscription boxes and seeing which one I think I would like the best. And then sending that off to my mom and and sending her on her little merry way to buy that for me. (laughs) Besides that, though, there's really nothing that I need or, or desire for Christmas or for the holiday season this year. But I do love giving gifts. Um, you know, for my mom and dad and Bobby and then some of my cousins and grandparents. And of course, for my friends as well. Those are always really, really fun. I'm a big fan of this site called Uncommon Goods and have found something super unique from my mom, dad, and Bobby on there the past couple of years. Last year, I got Bobby these wood ice cube makers for bourbon and a really cool travel journal on there that it like lists all the states and asks you like really specific questions about each state. Like what was your favorite restaurant? What things would you go to again? Um, what was your favorite memory? And it's like just this really cool prompt about different states and, and different like uh, national parks that was really good for us um, because we like to travel. And that was one of the things that we wanted to do during 2021. So that was a really cool gift. But if you have any websites or small shops that you love and plan on utilizing this holiday season, please send them to me in a DM on Instagram because I would love to check them out and share and bonus points if they are dog related, of course. November is also Movember, like with an M. Um, Some people may know it as No Shave November, but this is where you grow out your facial hair if you can to raise money and awareness for men's health, including mental health. Uh, One of the things I am really passionate about when it comes to mental health is that it is for everyone. I believe regardless of your gender, sexuality, age, race, and cultural background or religion that you are entitled to the same amount of support and resources when it comes to mental health. So many think about a particular sector of people when it comes to well-being and forget about others' mental health or start comparing people's struggles as if it's a competition, which is so unnecessary. 
There is this big belief and stigma around men's mental health that they should like act tough and shouldn't be able to cry and they should all be able to handle their emotions. And I'm always like, why is that an expectation, even a thing in 2021? Like that makes me feel like there is still this big generational gap when it comes to mental health and that that isn't how it should be. I really hope I can branch out into informing others about those diverse perspectives and topics when it comes to men's mental health or our particular race's mental health while talking to other pet parents and their unique situations and feelings on the podcast. And because that is a hope of mine, I am starting and going to do that today. And I can't wait to share this conversation with you with Sam. So this week's episode is with Sam from Growing Up Goldens on Instagram. Uh, She also has a TikTok and um, a Facebook. So check her out there at Growing Up Goldens. And Sam is a mom to two boys and two golden retrievers. And she creates relatable mom content and is on a mission to normalize mental health conversations. In this chat, I challenged Sam to some mental health true and false questions, which were really, really fun. And we discuss what it means to her to talk about mental health on a pet account. Sam is so passionate about mental health because her brother died by suicide and she believes changing the way we speak about mental health and suicide can change the narrative around this. I really hope this episode leaves you thinking about all the ways you support and advocate for mental health and ask yourself if you, the way that you post about it or talk about it in your everyday life, if the way you word things might exclude a particular gender, race, or sexuality. I just want everyone to be cognizant about that if you are a mental health advocate and that if you, if you try to support mental health, It shouldn't just be for one person or one type of person. It should be for everyone. So I I hope this episode challenges you and um, makes you think a little bit about the way you talk and the way you word things around mental health. Also, if you are a dog dad listening to this, I want you to be on here. And if you have something to share and feel like you have a unique story to share and your your perspectives, please reach out. I would love to talk to a dog dad about your feelings of owning a dog. Now that you have a brief intro into what this episode is about, it is time for our happies and crappies of the past couple of weeks. So since the last time that I talked to you guys on the podcast, which would have been two weeks ago, um, I have been super emotional overly emotional, honestly. (laughs) Um, and I, I'm gonna say it's from my period, but I, I don't know. Um, but the week of the last week of October, I was just very, very emotional. I like cried singing happy birthday to Layla because it was her second birthday. And I just, I just was so emotional. (laughs) Um, but now I'm back to feeling myself again and I'm, I'm so thankful And it was just, we had some really challenging times, um, especially between me and Layla. We had, we had a really hard walk. We had some hard moments, but we made it through. My happy is that I have found it immensely rewarding that so many people have resonated with, um, some of my content recently. And it was really rewarding to see so many messages and comments 
come in about this one particular piece, um, a reel that I shared on Instagram. Um, It resonated with a lot of people and I felt like I had done something really, really good in the world. The content was a reel. Uh, It talked about how I almost felt like giving up on Layla about a year ago, but I made mindset shifts and started being productive and proactive and we pushed through to get to where we are today. I mean, really, it is like the whole point of why I started this podcast in the first place uh, to share my story and my journey with Layla and let others know that they are not alone and that emotions are there for a reason. Everyone has a unique situation and emotions around it, and that is totally okay. I hope with each piece of content I share or episode I release, one last person feels alone in their journey with their dog and gets inspired to be proactive. On another note, I am super excited about a potential collaboration I am scheming up and I'm hoping to do a giveaway because I think a lot of people will enjoy it. And that is all I can share right now about that particular topic. (laughs) But just know that it's going to be impactful and um, I'm, I'm really excited about it and so you should be too. Would you be interested in me sharing your happies and crappies on the podcast? I think it would be fun to share others' successes or how they navigated a struggle in their life or a situation with their dog or or in their everyday life to encourage others. I may put up a story question box or poll to see what people think about that, and if it becomes a thing, I will start on the next episode. Pretty exciting. I really want to make it like a community thing and happies and crappies. I feel like it's you know, with every crappy that you have, you can think of two or three happies. You just like have to put your mind to it and think about it. Okay, this wraps up everything for today. And I am so humbled that I am able to share this candid conversation between me and Sam with you. Don't forget to follow the podcast wherever you are listening, rate and review if you're using Apple and feel free to take a screenshot and post it to your stories. Seeing people listening to it and your thoughts about it is literally one of my favorite parts of having this podcast and being a host. So let's get into mental health mom moments with Sam from Growing Up Goldens. All right, so we have Sam here from Growing Up Goldens. Hi, Sam. Hi. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Have you had like a good little week since you've had some time off or or what is it that that's going on that you have some free time? Oh, my husband's home for like three weeks. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So So sharing the parenting responsibilities a little more. Mm -hmm. And how is... uh, school been going good he loves it so much we're talking about John obviously right Mm -hmm. yeah he (laughs) loves it so much he's doing so much better oh that's amazing because it was his like first year of school right yeah so kindergarten and Mm -hmm. he cried on the first day right he did he cried for like three days in a row like literally holding him horizontally attached to a fence trying to get him to go inside (laughs) the gate (laughs) so that was fun and heartbreaking but he loves his teacher so that's good 
That's amazing. Yeah. So for everyone that may be new here or doesn't know you, give us a little bit of an intro as to who you are and your account and your family. Okay. Uh, my name's Sam. I live in Southern California. Our account is Growing Up Goldens. We have two golden retrievers. Um, one is Frances. She's a female and she is almost two. And then Seamus just turned seven, also a golden retriever. Um, I'm married. We've been married for almost seven years. Um, and then I have two little boys, John and Lincoln, three and five years old. So you got Seamus like right after you got married. So Literally, like a couple weeks after we returned from our honeymoon. Okay. So your hunt, your anniversary is coming up soon then. Yeah. That's yeah, amazing. November 7th. Oh, that's awesome. Happy early anniversary. Thank you. Seven years. You yeah. know, if you've been, have you heard the saying that like, if you have a friend for seven years then you're friends for life. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, that's what the, the year seven always makes me think of that, even though I know it's like a marriage and not a friendship, but, um, that's always what I think about whenever I think of like seven years of anything. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Have, um, yeah, no, I've totally heard that. And when I was working retail and had been there for like many years, I was like, oh yeah, these, these are definitely friends for life. Yeah. The seven year friendships. I have oh, yeah. one friend that we've been friends for over seven years and she's like, yeah, you know, you can't get rid of me now because it's been over seven years. <laughs> yeah, I know. Totally. It would have to be something like very life altering in order for me to like completely take somebody out of my life. Yeah, exactly. So what have you been into recently? Anything fun? Um, like as a dog perspective, I mean, Franny and I always enjoy trying to do different tricks. Tricks. You are like the trick master. I am so impressed by some of the tricks that you do with Franny, like jumping on or her jumping on your back and yeah, she's it's, like so good at Frisbee. It's ridiculous. She is. It helps that both of the dogs are super play motivated. Mm-hmm. So that's always fun. It's just really encouraging for them to learn new things because they just want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're a big Peloton person too. So yeah, yeah, totally. It's you been, said earlier that you have like a competition going. Yes. We're doing this like big Apple watch challenge between like all these different dog moms. Um, I like maybe thought it was going to be like five people and it's like 32 people. Whoa. That's yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of fun. Everybody's tied right now though. So it's like, I just need to get ahead. And the girl that I'm <laughs> up against this week is like one of those early morning, um, does like 90 minutes of exercise. And I'm like, okay, now I have to like do something to catch up. Yeah. So <laughs> how did that get started? Is it with like your little Tuesday morning chats that you do with Taylor? Oh, literally that's how it started. That's yeah. so funny. So if you guys aren't familiar with Sam's account, she does a kind of like a, like a morning positive chat type thing with another account on Tuesdays, right? Yeah. It's like a coffee chat, just kind of starting your week off. Right. Like, what are we working on this week? What are your goals? Um, did you like do your goals from last week? Yeah. Things like that. And now it's kind of turned into like almost an Instagram motivation thing too. Like, um, what are you struggling with, with Instagram? Like things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, How can we help you? Yeah. I like it whenever I get to join. So I typically have a meeting during the time that you're doing that, like a work meeting. If, but if it gets done early, I always hop on and it's always really fun to see your faces. Oh, 
Oh yes. We love hanging out with you too. I mean, we've done so many lives together. It's always I so know. fun. I know. Okay. So this episode is going to be centered around, um, just like mental health in general. So Sam is a really big mental health advocate. She has done, um, several mental health fundraisers through Instagram, uh, small and big. We did one together back in April and May, um, that we raised what, like $11,000. Yeah. Mm 11,000. And then, um, we participated in like a mini kind of week fundraiser, um, a couple weeks ago or about a month ago. And then Mm -hmm. last year you did another big fundraiser as well that I wasn't a part of. No, I don't think we had met each other yet. Mm -hmm. So that one raised like what? Seven. It was about seven. And then Taylor was doing one at the same time and she raised about three. So just in the last year through the dog community, we've raised like $20,000. Mm-hmm. For, I think all of them were for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, right? All of mine were. Um, Taylor's was was with the National Alliance for Mental Health Illnesses. Okay, okay, but like all within the mental health realm. Oh yeah, absolutely, all within yeah. the mental health realm. Yeah, and you've done a really great job of of bringing that to light and making your community feel safe and brave to share those types of stories. That's why I wanted to bring you on. So I'm going to start with a few like rapid fire mental health questions. Okay. And you'll just answer true or false. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. True or false. One in 10 adults experience mental illness. False. Correct. It is one in five experience um, a mental illness of some sort, which I I'm not surprised by that, you know, no, that's especially after 20, the last two years. Yeah. 20%. And, um, so this statistic is from the, from NAMI. Um, and I wonder like if that is from, like, I wonder what year that is from, I believe the statistic I was looking at was from 2019. So yeah. I would be curious to see what it would be now, because I feel like it would be more like two out of five or three out of five, maybe. Um, uh, yeah, I agree. And I also think there's, a, COVID. I think there's a spectrum of ages too, because mm-hmm. I think you have to take an average when you're saying that. But like, if you look at maybe 21 to 30, I bet it's higher. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because this was just adults in general. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one. True or false? Only 45% of adults seek out treatment for mental illness. I think that's true. And I'm Mm -hmm. honestly surprised it's not lower. Yeah. Which I wish it was higher, but it was higher too. Yeah. But like you said, you, you're surprised that it's not lower. Mm -hmm. Um, just with surprised that it's not lower because of the stigma, I feel like still, like that still needs to be exploited. Um, you know, in the stigma and, and talk Mm -hmm. about it more frequently and openly, um, which I think we're doing an amazing job of, um, right. like, I do think like Gen generation, Z, Gen Z and millennials do a really good job of talking about it, but we have the Gen Xers and the boomers and stuff mm-hmm. that are, that have a harder time, I think, bringing up those feelings. Cause they were just brought up with like, you'll be fine. Like just shake it off. Yeah, so. no, for sure. 
I wonder if part of this percentage, the 45%, I wonder, like, I would like to see other studies about that for Mm -hmm. like different communities, like rural areas versus more urban areas because of access. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, so access to like a mental health clinic or a therapist or even like insurance, I feel like can make a big difference on that. I mean, I think you have a point there. And I was just talking to my best friend about this yesterday because I think our healthcare system is so damaged. And it just, if you need, if you want to seek help, you have to go to your general practitioner and then your general Mm -hmm. practitioner has to send you a referral. And it's just by that time, somebody could end up hurting themselves. Mm -hmm. It's a really long process. It is. It needs to be way shorter. Mm -hmm. A really long process. And like, I know for me, there were times prior to when I actually started therapy that I had thought to myself, I want to try to therapy or I want to go to therapy. Mm -hmm. And it would be after kind of a bad spell of anxiety or depression. And then I would say, I want to go to therapy. And then by the time that I was like actually looking for a therapist or by the time that I like felt better, I was like, well, I feel better now. I, Mm -hmm. you know, I can, I'll, I'll try again, like, or I'll try like things another time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of like, if you wait too long, you just end up putting it off. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. Which I think really sucks about the process of going to the general doctor and then them referring you because then by the time you get referred, it's like, well, I don't know if I really need it anymore. I feel better. Exactly. So, okay. Last one. True or false, pets do not aid in mental health improvement. Oh, false. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, come on now. <laughs> I know, false for sure. And this isn't even like service animals or emotional support animals. This was just pets in general. So this was a survey from the Mental Health America Foundation. Um, and they found that 74% of owners reported mental health improvements from pet ownership. Yeah. Which, I mean, honestly, I'm like 74. Why so isn't it like dogs last year? Yeah. I'm like thinking 74% is so low. I'm like, it should be 100. <laughs> I know. I know. But those are maybe the people that don't have pets or they have like a lizard. I know. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. <laughs> yeah. Like dog versus snake. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get maybe people get to have it like an, an emotional attachment to their snake and it makes them feel better, but yeah. Which not like downing snakes, but that's just one that for me personally, like would probably give me more anxiety. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh no, for sure. Like I've told my husband like a thousand times, no reptiles. And then now we have a tortoise. So. <laughs> well, tortoises, those are, it's, yeah, it's not as like creepy. Yeah. Have you like painted its shell or anything? No, but my husband was like, we should make him look like Bulbasaur. What is that? I'm like Pokemon. Oh, okay. I'm not and a big I was like, I don't really have the time for that. But yeah, <laughs> I know. I don't know if you can, can like, can you paint their shell? Maybe. I think. I've seen other people do it. That's so funny. You and can have John get, like, ready to hibernate. So I guess we won't see him for like five months. Oh, well, that's kind of upsetting. Five. But yeah. <laughs> is he inside your house, like in a tank or something? No, it's a tortoise. So he's like a desert tortoise. He's just in the backyard. Oh, how big is he going to get? Oh, he can get like footstool huge. Oh my gosh. I thought it was just like a little turtle that you guys got. 
No, it's like a land tortoise. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's hilarious, but also really cool at the same time. Yeah. So he's outside. Kids like it. Yeah, yeah, he's outside. And then once he hibernates, we'll put him in the garage or like bring him into a closet or something. So he okay. get too cold. I mean, it's yeah. California. So like our cold is like 60 degrees. Yeah. It's not going to get that cold, but for sure we'll have to do like his little routine, yeah. whatever tortoise routine he has. Exactly. For- exactly. That's hilarious. Um, but going back to this stat, like pets really give you a sense of responsibility that I feel like really aids in, in mental health improvement. Um, because yeah, that you, you kind of have to take responsibility for another, um, life form life form yes and yeah it's you a sense of purpose but at the same time you know like with a dog it makes you get outside and yes a walk get active get some sunshine which can be super helpful with your mental health yeah I think a lot of people struggled with that last year being inside so much from like just having to stay at home and like be at their computers um that like they weren't getting enough vitamin D and that just can cause a lot of depression. So yeah, no, totally. I think the dogs like will not let me not take them for a walk. They're like, hello, I'm right here. I know. And I'm pretty sure most dogs are that way too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I know some people have like pretty couch potato-y dogs, but like. They still have to go out at some point, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So transitioning into a little bit about more so you and your dogs. What does it mean to you to talk about mental health on your dog Instagram account? And do you think it makes you, or do you think that it makes the tough topics easier to talk about? Um, hmm. I don't necessarily think that it was for me, at least wasn't really harder to talk about it like on my personal account. Cause it's something I've been doing for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was easier for like my community co- to consume through mm-hmm. a cute picture of a dog. It was like easier to digest for them versus like just scanning through if it's like a person. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. So, um, and I feel like we're all human. We all have mental health, right? We all have physical health. So why not talk about it on, on both accounts? Mm-hmm. On your Instagram, on your personal and dog Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. And so I know, like I know just because I know you, that you started from a blog and then that kind of got your love for writing, you know, and talking and passion about mental health. That kind of got it started in like the journaling writing form. Yeah. So, so after my brother died, um, like writing was how I went through the grief process, just writing down my feelings, um, going through each stage of the grief process and um, eventually writing it down in a blog form. And then realizing that like people were interested in what I had to say and it was helping people. Um, and then when we started this dog account, I haven't like written on my blog in so long, um, but I am working on like revamping that. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that, but in a different way, in a way that's more um, dog related. Oh, okay. So, yeah. That's really fun that you're going to do it more about dogs and and have that incorporated. Um, do you feel like 
your dogs have played a really big part in your mental health? Like, does it help you overcome some tough obstacles, whether it be about your brother, like, and, and kind of revisiting that stage of life or just with life in general now? Um, I mean, Seamus wasn't around when I lost my brother, so it's, he didn't, I mean, but other, I had other dogs at the time. So yeah, I do feel like you can go outside and you can go for a walk. And I know I'm not the only one that talks to my dogs Mm because we all do. Right. And it's like easy. You can talk to them. They listen, even if they're not answering back and it just helps you work through your own problems. And then just getting outside and going for a walk or playing with your dog or something, being able to look at how free like your dogs can be. You're like, man, why can't I be like that? Yeah. And I love what you said about like you talk to them and it just kind of releases some of that tension mm-hmm. from your life. Um, as so in my like work, I'm a software engineer and they call this the rubber ducky theory that mm-hmm. whenever you can't figure out a problem at work or like while you're programming, you have a rubber ducky that you tell the problem to. And nine times out of 10, you're telling this problem to this little rubber ducky sitting on your desk and you figure out the problem. And that's that's what it, and that's what it reminds me of you, you talking to your dogs, which I talked to like this, like to Layla too, you know, just on our walks and just kind of brain dumping. Yeah. And it makes you feel so much better or you kind of have a realization that you hadn't had. Mm-hmm. prior to this talk or walk, whatever with your dog. Um, yeah. I really like that. That's something that I don't think about that often, but I definitely do. And it helps. Yeah. I think like you said, the brain dump in general, even if the dog has no idea what we're talking about, you know, just being able to say it out loud, you're like, oh, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. For sure. Have Seamus or Franny or any other past dogs in your life changed your views about the world in any way, whether like make you more compassionate or respect other people's viewpoints or helped you prepare for motherhood, which I feel like would be a good one for you. Um, Yeah. So definitely help prepare for motherhood. But before I get to that, um, like I said, just playing with your dog and seeing like how happy go lucky they are like all the time. You're just like, life is not that serious. And, you know, you just have to take a moment and just like, try to like push everything aside and just be more like a dog. I wish more people were as loving and as pure as dogs were. Oh yes. Wouldn't that be amazing? It would be so nice. Um, so when we first first got Seamus, we had just bought our house and it was like two weeks before Christmas. We had just moved into our house. Like three days later, we went and picked up Seamus. Um, our house was like a 1909 house. It was super old. Oh my gosh. We did so much renovation and we have this puppy that will not stay in his pen. He keeps climbing out. And we put um, like, it was like a kid pen, you know, mm-hmm. like a play area. And we put like the box to our TV on top of it. So he wouldn't get out. And he like squished out from from over like over and under it and like Mm -hmm. fell onto the floor and just would like follow us outside and our whole backyard was being redone and it was all muddy and he would just be this like giant mud ball all the time and it rained a lot and I was just like oh my god if this is how kids are gonna be like we're gonna have our hands full yeah and sure enough I have two very active little boys (laughs) 
<laughs> so yes, yes. I think everybody who um, gets married or like is in a relationship should get a dog before they have kids. Yeah. It would definitely prepare you and show yeah. you all of your strengths and weaknesses and all of your partner's strengths and weaknesses. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I mean, if you can't, if you're with somebody and they're not going to like respect your dog, like maybe you shouldn't be with that person. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, yeah, for sure. Like, I think there's definitely a difference between some, some people, you know, have a dog prior to a relationship and the spouse or significant other might not like take care of the dog just because it's not really their dog, but yeah, definitely respect the dog. Um, and if you allow your dog to go roll around in mud, then, you know, hope to God that your partner's okay with that too. (laughs) Yeah. I just remember, um, living or like Seamus telling us he had to go to the bathroom at like two o'clock in the morning and we'd be like, okay, let's go. And like, we'd take him outside and he would just run circles around the backyard and ultimately end up in the pool. And I'm like, this is two o'clock in the morning. I don't want to be giving you like a shower and stuff at two o'clock in the morning. Could you stop doing this? So he's always just been super active and loves fetch and just loves fetch, loves to play. It's, it's awesome. And then once you have the dog and Um, like your kids are born, that relationship that the dog and the child builds is just, I don't know. It's like the sweetest thing in the world. I love it so much. So how was Seamus or how old was he whenever you had John about two? Yeah, he was about two. Okay. And then Franny is almost two now. So So you got, (laughs) yeah. So you got her after both of your boys were born. Yes. So what was the decision to get another dog? Was it something that you had always hoped for? Like, how did that kind of pan out? Um, Yeah. I mean, we always had planned on having more than one dog and we loved the temperament of a golden retriever. So we wanted another one. Um, And then ultimately our plan is to breed. Okay. um, Franny, not Seamus. Seamus is, I think he's too old, but um, to breed. So Franny, it's our plan to breed. Um, I just need to look into a couple more things and I wouldn't breed her until she's at least two anyway. Mm -hmm. So I have some time. Do you see any difference between like her being a female and Seamus being a male, like any big differences in their personality or anything? I know each dog is different. Like, like each dog is unique, but just with them and the, the different male and female. Oh yeah, totally. I think that Franny is so sassy. Um, and I find that super common in most female dogs. Yeah. Like more independent and sassy. Yeah. Yeah. She's super sassy. She's a little more stubborn. Mm -hmm. Seamus is so tolerant. He will let me put costumes on him. He will pose like every single way I want him to. Franny's like, yeah, I'm done. I'm good. (laughs) This is, this is enough for me. So, um, Uh, I mean, obviously Franny has a lot more energy than Seamus just being a younger dog. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I think those are the main differences is Franny's a lot more stubborn and she's a little more sassy. For sure. Do both of your boys like enjoy both of them, both Seamus and Franny? They enjoy both of them, but I think, um, because Seamus is more tolerant, like Franny will get up and leave. Um, if they try to lay on her and Seamus. Can they just like like, crawl all over Seamus? 
Oh yeah. They use Seamus as like a pillow. They like bring their blanket (laughs) down and like lay on top of Seamus, like in like inside of him, like, you know, um, in between his legs or whatever. And like use his belly as like a pillow and he just lays there and licks them and they just love that. So tolerant. That's amazing. So have you started talking to John and Lincoln about mental health and emotions at all? I know definitely they're about emotions. pretty young. Yeah, but definitely about emotions because they need to understand like why they're feeling angry about me telling them they can't have dessert in the morning. Mm-hmm. And it's just working through all of those things. Like, I know you feel this way, like we've felt this way before, but you just can't have cake for breakfast. Mm-hmm. So, and then we'll talk about like, this is what it means when you're sad. Like, why are you sad? And we'll talk about all of that stuff. Um, last year, we always do something for my brother's anniversary. And last mm-hmm. year, John was like asking a lot of questions and I was not ready to answer those questions yet. So this year, I think we'll talk more about it. Um, like about what happened and things like mm-hmm. that and why it happened. And So we'll see what that do looks you like. think your past experiences have shaped how you want to talk about mental health with your boys? Yes. I want it to be a very open conversation. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to ever feel like they can't talk to me or my husband about Mm -hmm. like why they're feeling a certain way. I want, even if they're doing something wrong or something, I want it to be a very open dialogue. For sure. For sure. So, and I think as they get older and you're able to talk about um, your brother's death more, I think they will understand it and, and realize the importance of it yeah, um, yeah. And, and why you prioritize and value mental health in general for everyone so much. Yeah. I just, I mean, again, like they're going to be the generation that I'm hoping will, it'll just be health. It just doesn't have to be mental or physical health. It'll just be health. You know what I mean? So, um, I would love to write a book on how to talk to kids about mental health. And you have some great book recommendations. I know one time you gave me one for a little girl that is is struggling some with, um, I would say maybe like confusion and anger and, and stuff yeah. that could impact her later on in her life if she reflects back on it. And you gave me a really good recommendation. So do you think it would be like a children's book or a book for adults on how to talk to children or both. I would love it to be a children's book on like kids understanding emotions Mm -hmm. and then even like understanding why difficult things happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's been a goal of mine for years. I just haven't decided how I'm going to put it into words Mm -hmm. that's easily digestible for a child. Exactly. And then you, you have to make it for a kind of all age groups or not all age groups, but you have to make it age appropriate for, you know, an eight-year-old versus a 13-year-old. Of course. Um, mm -hmm. Because by the time you're 13, you know, 12, 13, I feel like it's, you're old enough to see it on, on the news or in like a magazine, but, you know, 12 and 13-year-olds now have basically open access to the internet so they can look up and see anything that they want. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's partly good because there are people like you and me and millions of others who 
talk about mental health in such a positive and open way. Right. But then there are the things that they could come across that are are very negative and bad and, and could lead them astray. Yeah, agreed. Um, and then just the culture around like copycats and things like that, which I don't think, I feel like that's, we don't need to stop talking about something because we have fear of these other things happening. But I think that there's a way to talk about things appropriately mm-hmm. um, where it doesn't give people ideas is not the right word. You know what I mean? Do, do you know what I mean though? Like we don't want to like hinder from talking about things to these young children, but we need to talk about it in an appropriate and like respectful manner so that yes. it's easy for them to digest. Yeah. Easy for them to digest and yeah, not confusing and not, not painting the wrong picture. I feel right. like is a good way right. to phrase it. And just like understanding that like you're not alone in Mm -hmm. the way that you're feeling right now. I mean, everybody's that like feelings are valid. And Mm -hmm. if you're being bullied, you should be able to go talk to somebody about it versus just like, like shoving everything down. Is bullying something that you're scared of with your kids? Um, I think, yeah, I think every parent is afraid of that. So Mm -hmm. I mean, we've talked about it and like, I don't ever want John or Lincoln to be the bully. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've always encouraged them to like encourage other people to come play with them. And yeah, just, um, the teachers told me so many times how empathetic John is and like a little boy, for example, fell down and his shoe was untied and John like stopped everybody to make sure that the little boy could get back up. And that's just, yeah, I just, I don't want to raise people who are going to run away when they see something happen that they could be the change, like mm-hmm. the changing force. That is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> He's so, that is so cute. Um, a little bit off topic, but something that I just thought about, do you ever think that you would train a future dog to be like a service dog or a therapy dog or anything like that? I would love if we can financially like swing it to be able to like donate an entire litter uh-huh. of puppies to be service animals. Yeah, because once you said that about uh breeding mm-hmm. Franny, I was like, ooh, that's yes. a good idea. So that's an ultimate plan. And like um another goal of ours is to have a rescue. Um mm-hmm. like specifically a retriever rescue just because I love you know, goldens and labs, but I'm not going to turn away dogs. So (laughs) that's like, ultimately I want a big like farmland area and a lake. And yeah, we had talked about that before, like our houses (laughs) and where it would be and what it would have. And we both said like on the water or have like a piece of water. Exactly. I need it for my water loving puppies. Yeah. Like that or a huge pool, like you're going to need something. (laughs) A huge pool with like a ridiculous filter to filter out all the dog hair. Yeah. And mud that they track it. I know. Right. (laughs) Um, I would love to have a pool. I always think that water is so calming to look at Mm -hmm. or yeah, maybe not a pool, but just some, some type of water to look out on my kitchen. Yeah. Lake, ocean, a pond, a stream, something, just give me something so I can just like focus in on like the water moving. Yeah. But going back to like a therapy dog or, mm-hmm. or breeding service dogs, I feel like that would be so fulfilling on your part. Yeah. I would love 
love to do that. Either go the route of like an emotional support animal to take to hospitals of kids with cancer or something like that, or to donate to um, like vets Mm -hmm. that are struggling with PTSD or something would be like another goal. Yeah. Have you ever heard of like an emotional support animal or a therapy dog or therapy animal in a mental hospital or like a behavioral um, rehab type place? Um, I don't know if I've heard of like one specifically, but my brother-in-law is like the head of a hospital um, in psychiatry specifically, and Mm -hmm. he's training his dog to be able to go and like talk to patients right now. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I was thinking, and I actually haven't heard of one. Um, I mean, I'm sure there are, I can't imagine that you wouldn't have that, but you'd have to be, it would have to be like a dog that would be okay with sudden movements and stuff too. For sure. I'm interested to see what his like journey is with it. What type of dog is it? It's a standard poodle. Oh, okay. Well, I'm pretty sure like well-bred standard poodles have very good temperament and Mm -hmm. are supposed to be very good at therapy type stuff. Right. And they're hypoallergenic, which helps mm because you don't have to, the, I might be allergic to the fur or something. So that is something that I've actually never even thought about. Like you, if somebody was allergic to dogs, you kind of have a golden because they shed like no other. Oh my God. They really do. I mean, same with Aussies (laughs) though. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. So you would have to have like a poodle or a poodle mix of some sort, something hypoallergenic. You can't even guarantee it that way. Yeah. I mean, unless they're like, I I don't know how you guarantee it. My grandparents have a golden doodle and he sheds more than my two dogs combined. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Whoa. I thought anything that was a doodle didn't shed. Not necessarily. I learned something new today, right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What is your favorite way to maintain your mental health? Um, Aside from like the obvious of taking a bath and like going to a spa or something like that. um, I enjoy writing not the bike, writing, like in a oh, journal writing. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, exercise obviously um, really helps me maintain that. And then just being able to trust my partner and letting him take, like letting me take time off so mm-hmm. I can be like the best version of myself. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Did you do these same things um, like, or have they developed over time since your brother's death? Like, did you kind of already have some of these coping mechanisms? No, no, not at all. I worked nonstop and I missed every family function and wouldn't take, I mean, I would go to the gym and stuff, but it was more just out of routine. Mm -hmm. And then after this happened, after he died, I was like, I don't want to miss things anymore. Life is too short. Like I need to be present. So I chose to get out of retail um, and get into car sales, which made absolutely no sense. But that was like, my idea was to get out of retail and get into like an office type position, Mm -hmm. um, and just be able to be present. So no, it was not always a thing. I think his death definitely helped me, um, realize like how short life really is and making my family more of a priority over making money. 
Mm-hmm. For sure. So it really changed your views on life and mental health from a whole. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And just making sure that I focused on myself too, if I needed to take a moment or take a break or something and not just work through and like shove everything down to get through another day mm-hmm. it was me being more um, cautious about like what I was doing to my own like body and my own mind. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've really always admired about you and especially your family after learning more about you and your family is how proactive that you all were after your brother's death. You said, or you told me once that the first time after that there was a walk for suicide prevention, your whole family took a part of it. And you've done so many fundraisers and you're so open and brave about it that it's just so admiring to see a whole family and um you like your parents, but then also your family now, like your boys and your husband, just be so proactive about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to like have that unity. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, it's definitely more something that is nice to do with my parents just because like we all talk about it. And I think like if I could give anybody advice on if you have a friend that has lost somebody or um, if you've lost somebody, it's just to continue to talk about it because I feel like most people after the funeral, it's like, okay, we can go back to our normal lives now. And mm-hmm. People want to hear those stories, even if you don't feel like you're like, oh, I don't want to bring it up because I don't want that person to be sad. Like, I know I want to hear about it. I want to hear like the funny stories about my brother that you may have had with him. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's just you and your family are so proactive about it. It's inspiring. And I really wish that other families would look at it the way that you do. You know, you're, you would rather celebrate your brother's life Mm -hmm. and, and, talk about it and and do the suicide prevention walks or the fundraisers instead of just kind of lingering around the topic and avoiding it. Right. Well, I feel like for anybody who's lost somebody, you either go the route of like completely avoiding the conversation or talking about it. But I don't want people to remember that like that one thing that happened, him dying is like his entire life. Mm -hmm. I mean, he had a whole life before that. So I feel like people need to know about how he lived, not how he died. For sure. That's so inspiring. And I I hope people that are listening to this, you know, hear that and it inspires them um, for for if they've lost somebody or have a friend that is struggling, friend or a family member. Right. So to wrap everything up. Our last question, which I always ask is what does having a dog mom mentality mean to you? Okay. I was like thinking about this question because you told me you were going to talk about this, but um, I think for me, it means um, I had a really good answer in my head and it just like (laughs) slipped out. (laughs) Um, I want to give them the proper tools to succeed. So if that means me working on training every single day so that when we go out places, I know I can trust them and have that relationship built with them, um, then that's what I'm going to do. You can't expect to train them once and have them be perfect, like Mm -hmm. weeks at a time. So 
um, relationship building through play, relationship building through training. But am I going to force them to walk in a heel every single place we go? Probably not because I do want them to sniff and enjoy life. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that's more just being able to give them the right tools and enjoy their life as long as I have them. Mm -hmm. I think that really is a good lesson for, for your dogs, but also for your boys as well. You know, having that mom mentality of giving John and Lincoln the tools that they need to successfully go out and navigate the world and be those good little boys that stop everybody so that the other (laughs) little boy can tie his shoe. (laughs) (laughs) And I think you're doing such a great job at that and that they're going to grow up and be handsome little gentlemen. Thank you. Because they're the cutest already. So (laughs) (laughs) okay. Well that wraps up today. Um, I appreciate you coming on here so much. Can you tell everyone where they can find you? Um, yeah, at growing up goldens on Instagram and TikTok, and, um, I'm working on the blog, so I'm sure it'll be the same handle. Okay. So growing up goldens with an S on the end of golden. Yes. Growing up goldens. Yes. Because I have two golden retrievers and two golden boys. Yes. Both little blonde (laughs) boys that are the cutest. (laughs) Okay. Thanks so much, Sam, for coming on. Of course. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Okay, everyone, that is it for today's episode. I think there was so much value in this episode with Sam, and it really brought awareness to mental health chats and mental health for all. Getting better and more acclimated with talking about mental health and emotions is something everyone can work on, and it's never ending, it's ongoing, you know, for your whole life. Uh, Knowledge is power, never forget that. Um, But you have to start somewhere. Sam has this really awesome quote that goes something like, if you are brave and open, it creates a space for others to be brave and open too. And I think that is just such an inspiring quote. And I think about it literally all the time when I'm struggling with something or I don't know how to word or talk about something, I always go back to that quote and think, you know, if I share this, it's, it's going to help someone else out. So that is it. Happy November. I hope you have a super great month. And even though this is coming out in the middle of the month, I hope that you make the best of the rest of it. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and sign up for our newsletter. Link for that is in the show description. If you are listening on Apple, please leave us a five-star rating and give us a review saying what you liked about this episode. And if you leave a review, please make sure to put your handle so I can reach out to you personally and thank you and we can become best friends. (laughs) That is it for me. I hope you have an amazing day and if nothing else, I hope you get to play with your dog today.